Remember that you can support the podcast via Patreon. The link is below. Otherwise, stay tuned for the podcast starting now. So on the podcast today, I'm joined by Roman Kabanek, uh, co-host of the Renegade Report uh, and founder of uh, quite a successful little venture now, The Morning Shot. Um, so yeah, thanks for making some time for me today. Darren, praise all mine. I think this is our third or fourth uh, you know, meeting over the internet. So the pleasure is all mine, my friend. Yeah, it's always good to chat to you. Um, but yeah, we're just getting into it now. Um, obviously, with your the starting off the morning shot, maybe you can just go into why you started the morning shot. Uh, well, it's a bit of a podcast and vlog kind of thing. So it's a daily news show where I give analysis on you know the news stories that I pick for the day. Uh, generally tend to be between six and 10 minutes long. Anything longer than 10 minutes is uh, something I edited down. And it is it serves a few functions. A, I need to understand what's going on in the world to make decisions for my life and my business and things like that. So I thought I need to do that, but I also want to have something new to do every day. So let's just combine those two things together, create a show out of it. So it's been going for roughly almost two months at this stage and it's exceeded my expectations on the internet. It's still tiny, but um, my conditions for it to succeed have been met uh, within the first six weeks. And, and I, I, I use it because I think there is a problem perhaps with, with corporate media generally um, all, all over the world, they tend to be quite, uh, you know, cheerleaders of whichever government, you know, is in power at the time, or they're vehemently against that government, but there's very few things that are in between. So with the morning shot, I try just to give a perspective that, you know, things are good or bad, depending on one's interpretation of them, but not everything about X person is bad, but not everything about X person is good either. Human beings are flawed. And um, so hopefully morning shot, does cater to an audience that wants a little bit more context and nuance to the news. Yeah, I want to get into that just now as well. But yeah, it, it has grown significantly. Uh, if you just yeah take them to the context, that's only been going for yeah under two months now, and you you're nearly on, on three hundred or three thousand um, subscribers uh, on YouTube and that. Um, so that that's quite a feat within itself um and trajectory for for growth must be looking good um so yeah i'm sure you are pretty stoked about that well i mean if i get a thousand subscribers a month which is currently the the average uh yeah i'll be very happy with that then you can sort of plot you know when it reaches critical mass um but i would just focus every day on that video of the day i'm not too worried about the the larger focus on subscribers and things like that that generally tends to come if the content is good enough of course mm. and another important thing is uh what what type of coffee do you drink black and strong i don't care too much about brands um but as long as it's black and strong i drink it yeah and you, i think you mentioned on the one time that you can drink up to what six seven espressos a day um, uh yeah before lunch jeez. Oh, um, yeah, that will definitely keep one going. Um, so yeah, 
I don't know if you've thought about this, but uh, you could probably uh, start selling a, a morning shot uh, branded coffee down the line uh, at this rate with the, the amount of followers you have. Uh, I suppose down the line, yes. But morning shot is very much a side project I'm working on. I do have a full time job. Um, I'm a father. I have a wife. I I work from home, so I try to focus on it when everyone is you know in bed or, or busy. Uh, but I mean, if it grows, yes, maybe make a little business out of it on the side of my existing business. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So far, I'm very happy. The focus is really just every day a video should be made. It should be made. Uh, one is never satisfied with um, one's own creations, of course, but it's up to the subscribers to determine whether it's successful or not. Not up to me. Mm. And yeah, like you said, with regards to the lockdown and that, obviously, um, you've had a lot more time at home, maybe, and a bit more time away from your traditional uh, work. Um, so that's probably allowed you more time to yeah look at the morning shot uh, and do more content and that, like you've done been doing the lockdown diaries and that. Um, but could you see your um, would it be your traditional, your, your main source of income changing in the future? Would you change it if if the morning shot grows substantially where you are able to make or make equate a living from your your current job role, if, if I can put it that way? Uh, it can, but I'm not, I'm not someone to have a main source of income. I prefer to have a few divergent sources. Uh, I think this can be a very nice... Uh, extra income on the side it could be a substantial part of my income stream hopefully as we wish with you know everything that we do every endeavor we hope that it can create you know wealth uh, so yes i i'm generally optimistic about it um will i have to forego other things yes perhaps will it be you know will it be worth the trade-off maybe we'll have to see where it goes from there um but it's it's an experiment for now and I'm not, you know, looking too far in the future. It's just about the day-to-day -day stuff. Make that happen, and the future sort of takes care of itself. And yeah, like you say, that you bring the the kind of alternative uh, viewpoints uh, that traditional media kind of obviously shies away a bit. Um, and I think we've spoken previously about this, but about the rise of the alternative media, um, and it, it seems to. I think your the morning shot proves that um, it proves that that people are looking for different sources uh, of information, uh, looking at alternative views and perspectives, um, and it shows that that people aren't just settling for um, the usual means, um, which is always um, good to hear, and I'm pretty sure excites you. Well, I mean, don't forget, my sources is, you know, the corporate media. So I, I don't want to, like, sort of disparage them. Um, I disparage them when necessary. Um, but overall, I think, you know, some people in there are trying their best with limited resources, you know, to get the facts to the citizens of the country. And, and I think that's very good and should be praised and should be defended at all costs. Am I necessarily very different from those sort of people? Well, yes, I'm not a reporter or a journalist per se. I take a news story, I explain what happened, and I give a little bit of my perspective on it. So I'm more, I would argue, more of a commentator than a journalist, and I just certainly don't intend to replace 
journalism. My goal is not to, you know, make News24 defunct or ENCA defunct because A, I'm not going to do it and B, that is not my goal at all. Those things will exist. But uh, for me, I just see what stories of the day are. I analyze them through, you know, my interpretation, uh, give my thoughts on it. Hopefully that is valuable for people and they can take that on board and use it in their own lives in some way. And also, I think it's very important to keep, people actually don't like the news that much. So if you hate the news, but you need to find out things, hopefully the morning shot in under 10 minutes satisfies that need for you to carry on with your life during the course of that day. And if that happens, then, you know, I've done my job. I think there was a, a app that was developed not, you know, a few years, might, might be a few years ago that uh, there was a young kid that looked at, um, I forgot the name of the app now, but it's uh, disseminated uh, through all the different news uh, platforms and that uh, and summarized yeah, articles on that into like uh, 200 character little bites and that, which did pretty well, if I remember correctly. So yours is kind of like the video version of that app, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I think video... Well, I'm still a newbie at it, an amateur at best, and it's actually rather difficult because the recording is easy because you sort of understand what you want to say. It's putting it together into a coherent video that's the difficult part or the one that I'm struggling with the most. Um, but yes, I think in, in a world with that's saturated with information, you need to find your niche and your tribe that wants you know, a limited amount of information but enough information to make a critical decision on, and hopefully that fulfills that, that need. Yeah, you're speaking of News24, um, and yeah, they obviously, I think either it was late last week or early or early this week, um, with regards to the story about Bill Gates and that, and issued an apology uh, about pretty much fake news that they were spreading. Um, and then I think the, the editor um, went on Twitter and then um kind of lambasted a, a guy that um, was arrested for uh, doing a fake COVID-19 swab or something like that. Um, but how, how, how come traditional media sources or all these big, uh, these big um, media brands are able to get away with so much? Um, it, it doesn't seem like they are held um, as accountable uh, when it, when it comes to certain stuff. Cause yeah, something like, the, the Bill Gates story could have done severe damage to, to his reputation and that kind of thing. Um, if it was worse, wor yeah, worse. Um, uh, and all they have to do is issue uh, an apology and they go back to work as normal. The, the entire problem with that story was that it is a Twitter conspiracy. There was nothing in any other newspaper or any other legitimate source around the world that said Bill Gates wants to test the vaccine in Africa. It was a rumor perpetuated on Twitter only, without any evidence for it. And the problem with that story is it uses Twitter as a source. Now, Twitter may be a good source for some stories, right? Someone takes a video of something on the ground. Cool. Get hold of that person, understand the situation, write a story about it. Great. That makes a lot of sense. But a conspiracy theory like this, in this day and age, for a billionaire philanthropist to say those sort of words, aren't alarm bells, you know, going off in the editor's mind um, or the journalist's mind about this? 
it's basically just a copy and paste of a nutcase conspiracy and assuming that it's even correct and the and the entire story was premised on Bill Gates wants to do X and Twitter disagrees. Hey, what does Bill Gates want to do X? That's the first point of inquiry. And number two, who cares what Twitter thinks? Twitter is a bunch of, 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 of people all around the world who all have diverse views on things. Like they they are not a source. They are not something that represents the you know the vanguard of the people or the voice of the people by any means. You have nutcases, you have scientists, you have brilliant people, you have dumb people. Like Twitter is not something that can be used as um, a repeatable source. So yeah, the problem is with that story was that, but also a fundamental problem is one day there will be a vaccine. And I think stories like that may prevent that vaccine from uh, from being used effectively in South Africa because it will be politicized. We know the EFF dislikes Western imperialism. Bill Gates is a white man who's very rich, who wants to, you know, so-called test vaccines. And I think when the vaccine does come, it may not be as effective because people will actually use it like a political football and prevent it from actually working. So, I mean, that's the inherent harm with a story like that. Based on no evidence, um, you know, clickbaity headline, um, and then it has real-world consequences and not just against Bill Gates, possibly against the entire South African population. If I made a story like that on Morning Shot, I would be, you know, classified like Alex Jones, like some weird conspiracy theorist lives in his bum basement. But News24 does it. There's processes to follow. And once those processes are followed, everything goes back to normal. But those processes will not apply to someone like me. Don't you just hate it when uh, you scroll or click onto uh, a news article and half the article is just... uh snippets from Twitter feeds and that uh, it's yeah that's like the worst journalism uh, possible I hate it when uh, I click onto an article and half the articles actually just yeah these snippets of people on Twitter uh, and their thoughts and opinions yes it's very much like the talk radio scenario thing like when Susie from four ways calls in to talk about this very so excuse me this very like obscure regulation during the lockdown now Susie from Four Ways, it's fantastic. You have an opinion. You don't have to share it. Like, really. Like, not everything's a learning experience. And I don't need to know what Susie from Four Ways thinks about walking her dog during the lockdown because it's not important. Let's have a proper lawyer on discussing whether these things are constitutional. Is it in line with the Bill of Rights? Can it be reviewed under a certain manner? Are there better regulations to be had? And why is that the case? Susie can't answer any of those questions. So if you want to be informed, Twitter and talk radio is really not the place to find that sort of information, I'm afraid. And yeah, carrying on with like media houses and that, um, do you think it's a far stretch that these media houses are, I want to say, linked politically to parties and have ambitions of their own um, and yeah, are these uh, private enterprises that or so-called private enterprises that we that we that we have in like South Africa and that um, do you think that they have like political ambitions as well or paid off? Uh, no, not not political ambitions per se, but I think it's a myth to say that the fourth estate keeps the 
um, government to account. I see them mostly as being, for the most part, not all of them, but mostly being sort of like the PR agency of the government. And not just in South Africa, just generally. I mean, in America, depending on a Democrat or Republican, Fox News all of a sudden loves protectionism and, you know, tariffs. Uh, if Obama did it, they would hate protectionism and tariffs. So it's just a different type of cult. And it reacts to whoever's in power at the time. And that's not very different in South Africa. There's very few that actually stand by key principles and will defend them irrespective of who supports or decries them. So to me, it's sort of with the state, the government and the media, it's, it's, it's almost a homogenous institute. If the media is tinkering with these stories to an extent that it is favoring certain political parties or uh, suiting a, a certain ideology uh, and this is being watched by the masses just generally just because it is the more easy accessible option uh, on TV kind of thing. Um, what is the workaround for that where uh, to make sure that other ideologies don't die out? Uh, I guess to some extent the, the solution is alternative media. Well, I mean, let's go back to that sort of the tinkering of stories to push an ideology. I don't know if that is um, the, like a correct way to look at it. I, I think you, you develop a culture within certain institutions. And in, in a particular culture, it's difficult to imagine South Africa without the ANC. You, you know, same as it's difficult to think of, um, you know, apartheid without the national party in power and all the the media at the time of apartheid was for it or against it like there wasn't anything i'm not saying that we should be nuanced about apartheid by any means but it, it creates a binary and i think in south africa the anc creates a very very clear binary and let's not forget they have managed to infiltrate corporate boardrooms often these were open to them through cadre deployment and bee and things like that i mean when you have <clears throat> excuse me when you have quiddy Mantashes. Son, <clears throat> sorry, when you have Gwede Mantashe's son or son-in-law, I can't remember, who is the CEO of MultiChoice, who owns DSTV, right? And Naspas owns MultiChoice and Media24, which is its news arm, uh, and News24, which is the biggest website in South Africa. You're starting to see the patterns emerge where these sort of uh, appointments to these institutions and the culture of the institution there is something happening there that is not organic. One can say that it is rigged or manufactured to operate in such a way. Now, this doesn't perhaps apply to journalists in and of themselves or reporters. Most just want you know to tell the truth. But a lot of the opinion journalism is definitely narrative. They defend the, the, the state policies at every turn. BE, you know, a few years ago, you couldn't even mention that you were against BEE. Um, if you want, you know, expropriation of compensation, some are for it, some are against it, but it's always within the binaries that the state creates. It's all about the greater principle of theft of assets without compensation is wrong. That's the principle. Uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's difficult for me to think that these people are independent, but also it's difficult for me to say that there's a conspiracy. You build up a culture within that institution 
and people tend to fall in line with the culture of that institution, uh, whether it is a good culture or a bad culture. Um, so yeah, that's all I really want to say on that matter. And, and sort of to, as an alternative, yes, alternative media is fine. It's quite fragmented. It's, it's on platforms that are not very easily accessible uh, to most people in South Africa. So we have to deal within those parameters and those constraints as well. Um, and I don't assume that I'm telling the truth and they are, you know, telling lies. That's not the case at all. But a different perspective or a variety of perspectives are necessary. You can have the same basic facts with entirely different perspectives on them. And that should be encouraged. Mm. And maybe in closing that one of the stories that was uh, on your episode of Morning Shop this morning uh, with uh, Mduzi Manana uh, and his new, um, I don't know, adventure, I guess, um, and, and, and lavish lifestyle he lives. Um, and it was just quite interesting to watch. Um, and also speaking of the traditional media kind of thing, I haven't seen anything... Um, I checked before we recorded. Um, I hadn't seen anything on News 24 about it or SABC. Um, so, yeah, another story where uh, ex-political um, person is, um, yeah, living at large, um, but a story that doesn't probably suit the, the rhetoric uh, of some media brands. Well, I think it's also it's also a case of resources with the stories that are important. I mean, I proved in that video that the, the video of Manana's house and the products trying to sell uh, was the very same house where the Minister of Communications went to go have lunch during the course of the lockdown. So that's newsworthy in and of itself. But um, the, the video is demonstrating a house and a sort of lifestyle for some show in the future. But... It is his house because he has admitted it on multiple platforms on Instagram and the, the pictures match up. So he was an ANC MP until very, very recently, until he resigned for, you know, assaulting women and being found guilty of that. How, like the questions that emerge are like many of them. How did he get the wealth? Um, in the video, it shows a 2 million rand watch which is one of a few dozen watches on display. There are certificates of ownership for a Bentley, for a Porsche, this is the house and the lifestyle of someone who earns in excess of a few million rands a month. As an MP, he was earning 60,000 rand a month. And if you go to his Instagram page and his Facebook page, and he's the CEO of like a mining consortium and of this like wine farm he owns and runs that, they on the internet, I, I, I did preliminary research, not, not deep research. I couldn't find much about these sort of entities of which he runs or of which he is a CEO. So that also raises alarm bells as well. So, I mean, I think that story is quite important, and especially in terms of the paradigm of a lockdown where people are already suffering, who can't work, who are worried about, about expenses and, and budgeting and money and income. To have someone flaunt their wealth so brazenly um, is also another issue, and especially a politician flaunt their wealth so so brazenly. Imagine Johan Rupert made a video like that with with a black domestic worker laying out his suit and a black chef, uh, you know, letting him know what's for lunch. 
with his friends. I mean, uh, it would be a very different story and definitely newsworthy. But for some reason, an ex-ANC MP who is probably a crony, who's probably gathered, gathered wealth unscrupulously, is not a story. Um, it, it does boggle my mind a little bit, but I can't speak to the intentions of those who don't want to cover it because I don't know. And yeah, do you think, yeah, one last thing is, do you think that the alternative media will continue to grow? Um, do you see it uh, getting to um, a state where, yeah, it kind of challenges the traditional media sources? Well, I think it's quite inevitable. I mean, the biggest news, uh, what you call it, the news program in the world is, is PewDiePie. For those who don't know, he's a YouTuber. He did a lot of gaming YouTube. And now he has a thing called Pew News. That's once every two weeks. You've got tens of millions of people watching that video. And it's, it's a little bit satirical. It's a bit funny. But he talks about like real topics happening around the world. Um, if you look at CNN, like they get 100,000 viewers you know, per night. Fox News gets like 2 million viewers per night. PewDiePie gets 12 million viewers per day. So the biggest news source in the country is a Swedish millennial who lives in England. He used to do a lot of gaming video. So I think alternative media is inevitable, but it's not going to be a conglomerate. It's not going to be ubiquitous. It's going to be small communities or tribes on the internet talking about news you're not going to have pewdiepie international uh you know with that's on tv in all the hotel rooms in the world it's going to be a lot more discretionary and it's going to be a lot more niche orientated find your niche and you know market to them rather than try be you know everything to everyone mm. yeah i think that's quite important actually um something uh, I, I need to look at myself um, but yeah, thanks for your time today, Ramon. I will put a link uh, in the description for to to Morning Shot. Um, and yeah, I'm sure people can follow you on Twitter as well. It did at uh, Roman Kavanagh, and if you search for Morning Shot or my name anywhere on the internet, I'm sure you'll find the various things that I have done in the past. Uh, but Darren, thank you so much for for uh, once again inviting me onto your show. As I said, it's possibly the fifth time and uh, it's always good to speak. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you enjoy the content, please remember that you can support the podcast uh, via Patreon and the link is below and all support is welcome uh, and muchly appreciated.